Stay warm at the Horseshoe this season. Score an exclusive, officially licensed Ohio State scarf when you subscribe to the Columbus Dispatch. Get the planet's best Buckeye coverage, award-winning reporting, and one amazingly cozy scarf by subscribing at dispatch.com slash scarf. This promotion is licensed by the Ohio State University. Trademarks used with permission. From the public affairs staff of the Columbus Dispatch, this is Buckeye Forum. So this week, the Ohio Senate uh, did something that a state legislature has not done in 11 years, and that is to override a governor's veto. And in fact, they were, uh, they didn't, they decided since they were going to come back and do it for the first time in 11 years, they just do it uh, several times. They actually uh, successfully overrode 11, or I'm sorry, six uh, vetoes uh, out of the 11 that they could have voted on. And so, which marks the first time since 1977 that the legislature has overridden multiple vetoes of a single governor, not since Jim Rhodes have we seen that in Ohio. Uh, this is Jim Siegel with the Columbus Dispatch, and I'm here to talk a little bit about what uh, what went down this week uh, with, uh, with some unusual veto overrides. Uh, and it, this is even more unusual, uh, and when you think about it in terms of uh, political party affiliation, um, it is it is not only is it rare for Ohio for Ohio legislators to to actually take the full step and and actually override a veto. Um, it is very rare for it to to happen for with when you're talking about a Republican controlled legislature and a Republican governor. Uh, in fact, before before this week, it had only happened three times in state history. Uh, twice in 1947 to Governor uh, Thomas Herbert, uh, and then back in the back in uh, December of 2006 is actually when the last time we saw a veto override, and that was when Governor Bob Taft vetoed a bill that would essentially prohibit cities from imposing their own local gun control laws. Um, the legislature and Governor Taft for years had butted heads over over gun issues. Uh, uh, Governor Taft was much more reluctant to uh, to see the expansion of uh, gun rights and and gun possession, and the, the legislature wanted uh, much more. And so, kind of culminated there at the end uh, at the end of his term with that with that veto override. And now cities are not allowed to impose their own gun control laws because of that. Um, so. We, you know, it, it doesn't happen very often, um, and, and there's some reasons for that. I mean, it, it, it's not because they don't always have the votes. Uh, there, there have been right now the the legislature has plenty of votes on the Republican side in both chambers. Uh, if they want to do an override, it's a three fifths vote that was in, instituted in 1913 in Ohio uh, that it would be a three fifths vote, and uh, so that that requires 60 votes in the House and 20 in the Senate. Uh, the the Republicans currently have 66. Uh, seats in the House and 24 in the Senate, so they certainly have plenty of votes to do it. But it's not always just about the votes, uh, and you know, some there's a lot of political considerations to keep in mind. Um, you know, you don't, you know, the, he is a Republican. You know, uh, John Kasich is a Republican. They don't necessarily want to, you know, just needle him for the and make him look weak just for the sake of maybe scoring some. Uh, some policy wins that that maybe they can accomplish in other ways. Uh, you know, they sometimes these are votes on things that that frankly um, uh, some members don't particularly want to see a vote on because it's a politically difficult uh, vote. And so, 
you know, there, there's other considerations to be, to be taken in as to, you know, when deciding on whether you're going to take the step to override a veto. And, uh, but like I said, this was uh, the first time we've seen it in a while, and it, it was all related to budget issues and uh, all related to Medicaid. Medicaid, of course, being the largest part of the state budget, and the, that fact has not, uh, not been lost on legislators over the years. And frankly, um, you know, th this also – this also uh, – encapsulates the the struggle between the legislative and executive branches over over power and who should have control of the purse strings uh, the the legislature and some of the some of the republicans there believe that they have been losing some of this control over the years and this kind of culminated back in 2013 when when governor taft was a i'm sorry when governor Kasich was able to use the controlling board uh to um to successfully expand medicaid in ohio and that that expansion now covers about 700,000 Ohioans, uh, low-income adults. And so uh, a number of Republican lawmakers were not happy the, about how that occurred. And so this, some of this stems from that and has kind of continued on since then about this concern that, that the, the, the governor's, you know, the executive branch has too much power over what is a uh, growing uh, – portion of the state budget. So, so like I said, they ran down about a half dozen um, veto overrides yesterday. These were, these were already approved by the House back in July, uh, shortly after the budget was signed into law. And so the Senate can only take up overrides that the House has already approved. The House actually did 11 overrides. Uh, the Senate decided to take up six of them, um, and some of those uh, dealt with the, that controlling board I mentioned before. That's a seven-member panel of six legislators and one governor appointee. Uh, that that does a, that. Uh, it's kind of a spending oversight panel, particularly when it comes to federal money, non-GRF money. That you know they they kind of uh, in you know unbid contracts and such all have to run through the controlling board, and so they they did two veto overrides. One which limits the ability for the for the controlling board to approve um, certain amount, dollar amounts, they, they kind of capped it at a half a percent of GRF, which is about $160 million. They basically are saying no more, you can't go to the controlling board if you have a request for more than $160 million. That kind of a thing needs to go through a typical budget process through the full legislature. This, of course, is in direct response to the 2013 Medicaid expansion, which essentially was, you know, turned into a you know billions of dollars uh, when state and federal money were both combined. So, so they they've put that on the the Senate in particular has been trying to get that done for years, and it looks like so it's now going to be put in place. Uh, there, there's a separate controlling board measure that's going to require the administration to come back to controlling board and ask for approval to spend around 220 230 million dollars worth of medicaid funding that the state share of it and this is uh and there is a there is some concern from some of the administration because this also would this would not allow the controlling board to approve that money if the if the feds act at some point if congress actually is able to get through some kind of a plan that changes the federal match for the Medicaid expansion. The match is currently at 95% federal. If the if they come back and suddenly drop it, say, down to the more normal rate of 60 65%, which is what the rest of Medicaid is. Whoa, I just hit the little stand here on the microphone. These are new stands. I'm trying to get used to them. Um, and so if, if that happens, then the controlling board would be unable to approve it. And, and so that, that could cause problems. Um, and, and frankly, you know, and the, 
look, the administration does not want to have to come back to controlling board just to spend money that has already been approved in the budget to fund Medicaid. So they, they, so Kasich was, was opposed to this. Uh, it did get overridden. I don't know that it's going to be a huge issue, but it could be, depending on, again, how Congress does. And frankly, depending on how the controlling board uh, reacts when, they, when the administration comes in and asks, asks permission to, to spend this money, um, they, they could suddenly decide it's time to take a hard line on this, and that, that could cause some ripples throughout the Medicaid program on, in terms of coverage and rates that are paid out. That could, that could definitely have some impact. Um, so there, there's, there was other, other vetoes relating to a nursing home payments. This is an ongoing struggle between the, the administration and the legislature. The administration has, Kasich has long wanted to clamp down on nursing home spending and has taken, tried to take steps to do that. Uh, the legislature has been much more nursing home friendly over the years. And so the legislature got the win this time. There's about $230, $240 million more for nursing homes in because of that override and also the uh, the formula will remain as part of the law which the legis- you know which nursing homes really like they they like having their formula built into law which means that they can uh, continue to uh, exert influence over the legislature to make sure that it doesn't change too drastically which is a lot easier than trying to convince one governor uh to do that uh there was an issue on neonatal rates behavioral health uh and uh, managed care um but there were also, um, as I said, they, there were eleven that there were eleven veto overrides that the House did. The the Senate only decided to do six of them. That means there were five they didn't do. Now that doesn't mean they're not going to do them. In fact, you, there's a good chance that at least one to uh, more than one uh, of these are actually going to get overridden down the road. Um, again, this is you know the, at the end of the day, legislative leaders would rather see. There are these goals accomplished through some kind of compromise rather than, again, kind of making the governor look bad through an override vote. And so the, one of the big ones is this issue with uh, funding to counties and transit authorities such as uh, CODA. Uh, there's about $207 million that counties and transit authorities are missing out on. That's $207 million per year, by the way. Uh, that they are going to start losing out on starting next year because the state uh, under federal guidelines is no longer allowed to charge sales tax to Medicaid managed care. And I'm not going to get into all of that, but trust me, it's a lot of, you know, it, it totals a lot of money that the county sales tax is no longer allowed to be applied to. So what they've tried to do is, you know, the, the governor is, came up with a budget and he, he wants to keep them whole through the end of this year and maybe provide a little bit of money past that, but not much. Where the, and, the, and the counties basically said, whoa, we, we cannot just absorb this kind of a hit. We, we, need, we need some more assistance. So the legislature, particularly in the Senate, really worked to try to find a better solution. Uh, what they did was they, they, wanted, they want the administration to ask for uh, what's called a franchise fee increase. Uh, for medic for uh, managed care services, again, I'm not going to go into all that, but let's just say that at the end of the day, they they wanted the federal government to approve a waiver that would allow the state to collect, continue to collect enough money that would allow them to get another, basically make up for that entire 207 million dollars for at least the next five years. It would it would end after five years, but at least at that point, the counties would know that it's coming to an end and could prepare for it. Well, the governor vetoed that. Um, not surprisingly, the governor has been very reluctant to provide any kind of longer-term funding here for counties. Um, this is this, and this goes back to an ongoing uh, struggle that between uh, 
the Kasich administration and local governments over funding. Uh, the, the, the governor has just shown a real kind of a hard line over the years about wanting to send more money from this, you know, to, to local governments and helping them out and that in, in schools to some degree. Um, so, but basically the, uh, the Senate could come back as soon as in, you know, as quickly as in two weeks and, and take that override vote. Uh, the Senate president yesterday said that he wanted, Larry Obhoff said he wanted to give some time to try to find a compromise Next week, the County Commissioners Association, lawmakers, and the administration are supposed to sit down and see if that's possible. Um, it's going to be tough. Uh, I don't, I don't, right now, sitting here, I can't tell you where they're going to find that compromise. Not only is Kasich reluctant to do anything, but the budget is already very tight. It's not as if there's much money out there just waiting or, you know, sitting around for counties to grab. And uh, frankly, whenever you start talking about anything that, that even smells like a tax increase, uh, Republicans tend to scurry away. So, so we'll see. We'll see what kind of creativity comes out of that. But it's it's not going to be easy. If it was, it would have been in the budget already. So uh, so there's that. Is that is still lingering? There's some other issues lingering too, such as there's a there's the oil and gas leasing commission. This is the commission that's supposed to to um, uh, give the le- give issue permits for fracking on public lands. Well, for the last five years, Governor Kasich has just refused to appoint anyone to this commission. So, essentially, imposing a uh, uh, you know a, a ban on on fracking on public lands, uh, kind of unofficially, but essentially that's what it is. And so, the legislature pretty much said, "Okay, we're, we've had enough of that." So, they put an issue, a provision in the budget saying, "We are taking over the appointments to that commission." So, the House vetoed the, the House voted to override the Senate took a pass on it for now but the the understanding i believe is that they're they're only taking a pass so that giving the to give the governor a uh, a relatively tight window of time in order to finally make those appointments and get that get that commission going which will of course fire up the debate over fracking on public lands so that that look for that uh coming to a uh a state house protest near you um yeah, there, there were a couple other things they they did not they did not vote on, uh, but that, that could also come back up. But uh, the Senate president also said that he want, he may ask the House to try to do a couple other veto overrides. Uh, one involving uh, the Newark Digital Academy, a kind of a small provision to help them ensure they can continue to be sponsored, and another one dealing with ports up in northern Ohio. Um, but uh, the, the big one that did not get done for e- by either chamber was the 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 freeze on Medicaid expansion enrollment uh, that was in the budget um, and the governor vetoed it. That was not overridden by either chamber. Uh, President Larry Obhoff, who who authored the amendment to put in the budget, didn't really sound uh, yesterday um, too uh, enthusiastic about trying to get that override passed. Uh, that That is, as I talked earlier about, sometimes these, these can be tough political votes. That is one where they could, both chambers could probably get enough votes to to pass it and get get enough to override however there are a number of members i know of who who would really just rather not take that vote because again, you're talking about kicking a half a million people off of the medicaid expansion and that's just not something they're uh, particularly interested in in putting on their their record right now so so that'll do it for now. We, like I said, we'll uh, we'll probably have a few more of these veto overrides coming up here uh, in the in the near future. Uh, he, Governor, you know, Go- Governor Kasich though, with with six being overridden six times, still puts him way behind uh, 
Governor Victor Donahue. Uh, Victor Donahue was known as Vito Vic uh, for his battles with the Republican-controlled legislature. He was overridden 58 times between 1923 and 1927. So I think I don't think Kasich is in any danger of uh, passing that record. So thanks for listening. This has been Jim Siegel. Catch us uh, here in the same place for uh, more uh, podcasts on your your favorite uh, state government issues.